0: The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Good morning, one. Good morning, all. It is Tuesday. Fantasy NBA Today, your podcast up in your brain grapes. I'm Dan Basbrist, your host. Thanks so much for listening, everybody, on this uh, lovely second day of the work week. We got a big Monday to recap. Realize that some of my levels are a little bit mishmashed here. We'll fix that in post. We got a big Monday to recap. We got a short Tuesday, but actually a very active one. There's, There's a lot of stuff on the docket. Monday was extremely interesting from a fantasy perspective. So this should be a lot, a lot of fun today. And we're going to dive in here in about 20 seconds. But first, a quick reminder, you can follow me on Twitter at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Currently on Twitter, I'm trying to figure out a few pieces of a puzzle. I want to help, I want you guys, and honestly, I need you guys as a a unit to help me put this puzzle together. It's the buy low, sell high puzzle that no one really has mastered yet in that we always say this guy's a buy low or this guy's a sell high, but no one ever says what you can get for them. And the only way to know is to get a sample. We need to scientificize this thing by getting out there. And so on social media, that's what's going on right now. That's what I want to work on uh, a lot, actually, going forward. Not just today, but something to consider that when we spot by a buy low guy, let's figure out what we can do to get him. What's it going to take? You could probably even take results from Twitter, from podcast listeners, things like that, and you can even tweak them down just a tiny bit because the average fantasy players is, in general, a little bit worse than you guys listening to this pod or the folks that are likely following me on social media. So join that madness at Dan Bespers, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S, or just Google search Dan from HoopBall and uh, help me out here. This is going to be a lot of fun. We're going to learn a lot and we're going to get much, much better at pulling off fantasy trades. Such a fun part of the game that that's so, so complicated to figure out and so complicated to pull off sometimes. So we're going we're gonna to piece that together on social media. This is a HoopBall presentation. Hoop-Ball.com is the website at Hoopball Fantasy is the Twitter handle. That's the news feed. Please do give that a follow immediately. Pause what you're doing. Pause what you're doing. Go follow at Hoopball Fantasy also, because most of you guys probably already follow me. Uh, And check out our packages over there. Get the Fantasy Pass. That's what we're pushing on you today. The Fantasy Pass is just $4.99 a month. There's no monthly commitment anymore. You can cancel it whenever you want. Cancelable on-demand. Addable on-demand includes... Discord server access. That's what everybody wants these days because that's where the tweet storms have gone in addition to pro live chats every single day. There's an hour-long pro live chat and then just general discussion all throughout the day. So if you are a Fantasy Pass subscriber already, make sure you're getting into the Discord. You can bug me on Twitter to find out how or you can send an email to teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com saying, hey, how the hell do I get into the Discord server? Well, the easy answer is... We've been sending out links to it uh, in emails, but a lot of you guys have ignored those. And if you're not a Fantasy uh, Pass subscriber, go to hoop-ball.com, and right there on the homepage, they've got the media wall, and right underneath it is an advertisement for the Fantasy Pass. Uh, it has all of these... It's, it's so cool, man. Forget just the Discord. It's got all this other stuff as well. You've got the layup line, which is metrics for streaming and DFS players. You've got pickups of the night, weekly report, international players, two... Video live shows every week, weekly lineup show and the waiver wire show, depth charts, schedule grids, streaming calendar, start sit tools, rest of season, eight cat and nine cat projections, dynasty rankings, the list goes on and on. Fantasy pass four ninety nine a month. As I've said before, just skip ordering in dinner one night, cook for yourself. You'll be able to afford the fantasy pass for the whole damn season. So do that for me. Hoop-ball.com. Check out the fantasy pass. I want to get right into Monday, because yesterday was a super interesting fantasy day. It was a uh, busy nine-game card, but a lot of times we get to these nine-game cards and they're not particularly impactful from a fantasy standpoint. And it seems to work in kind of an ebb and a flow. There's the waves. It's sinusoidal, even as he adjusts his bifocals. It's sinusoidal, uh, where at the beginning of the year, you get this this throng, a surge of fantasy information, the first four or five days of the year. All this crazy stuff is happening, and you don't know what to do with it. And then, right around 28th, 29th, about a week ago, we went through a stretch of about a week where things sort of settled in a little bit. And now we're getting mini wave number two, where coaches have seen five, six, seven games from their teams and are thinking... Here's areas we need to change. Schematically, we don't care. Schematically, that's little stuff. That creates little buy, low, sell, high pockets. What I'm talking about is personnel adjustments. And we saw two, at least two, really big ones yesterday. And you could maybe even argue three, although we've already talked about We've actually already talked about two of the three guys that I'm going to mention as as key players in yesterday's stuff. But let's go through the games, and we'll stop and we'll do a deep dive when we get to the spots that are uh, particularly interesting. One of whom, by the way, I feel like... I don't know. This doesn't happen all that often. We we play it very safe on this podcast. We have the Dan Vespers Old Man Squad. These guys tend to be undervalued, underdrafted. That's the easy way to play fantasy. It's very rare that I do a show where I'm like, here's a guy I want a super highlight, and then he immediately becomes interesting that night. Slightly, slightly clairvoyant yesterday's podcast. Anyway, Charlotte went into Philadelphia, got beat again. Second half of this rematch set, and they just didn't have it, man. Charlotte shot 42%. They actually caught Philly on kind of a clunky start to this ballgame. There was a very good opportunity for the Hornets to at least turn this into a fight, and they went to bed right before halftime. Charlotte led this game 36 to 31 and then I believe got outscored scored 24 to 7 over the last 6 minutes of the second quarter and it was just done. From there they never got close again. Gordon Hayward was uh solid if unspectacular, which I think is probably the Gordon Hayward story. If you're going to Gordon Hayward, if you were going to write a that was my uh that was my commercial for Gordon Solid if unspectacular, the Gordon Hayward story. That's the thirty for thirty on Gordon Hayward. He's number thirty-five in nine cat right now. He's been very good. He's overperformed his number. He's been largely healthy despite the the thing, the the finger thumb thing. And his stats are fairly repeatable. I would say steals are probably going to come down a little bit. Field goal percent might actually even trend up a hair. But you've got a you've got a decent guy. He'll be fine. I don't think there's anything else to discuss there. Terry Rozier has been. Pretty good as the shooting guard, doing a little more off-ball stuff. LaMelo Ball. Uh, let's talk about LaMelo Ball. Actually, there's three guys I want to talk about on Charlotte for a second. Miles Bridges, who's trending down after a hot start. P.J. Washington, who actually had a, a better ball game here, trying to deal with Joel Embiid for stretches. That's not an easy task. 12-8-5, percentages that didn't kill you for a night. I'm just not even a little bit excited by P.J. Washington. And I I know everybody's like, I, I, this is this is one of those ones where the the whole world is trying to convince me that I should like him as a fantasy player. And I'm just, I'm out, man. I'm out. Even as I say I'm out, I know someone's going to be like, oh, you got to hold. You got to hold there. I don't know that you do. He's shooting 41% from the field, 65% at the free throw line, which is, by the way, consistent. He's not good percentages. Steals and blocks are okay for him. They were last year also. And that's, I think, why we look and we're like, there's this upside there's this upside here. But if he's going to tank you in both percentages, in Roto, that's crushing. He's owned everywhere. He's 65% rostered. And I don't, I mean, I, I guess I know why. It's because he gets some steals and some blocks, but he's not been good this year. He's not. Miles Bridges at least got off to a hot start. You know, he's inside the top 100 still after a couple, now three kind of, I mean he does have five blocks in those three games, but otherwise they've been pretty poor. His minutes seem fairly well stuck in the 25 range. that's not really enough for him either. He's averaging under 10 points a ball game right now he's floated by the fact that he's averaging 1.6 blocks a night and I don't know that that's sustainable. lamello ball on the other hand I you know he the, the arrow with him is actually pointed up a bit more than these other two guys. His minutes have been trending up and his play looks pretty good. Percentage is rough, which you're always going to get out of a rookie point guard, but two steals a game, five boards, five assists, one and a half, three pointers. He moves fast. He's very fast on the floor. You could see it yesterday. He took too many shots, 16 of them, but 12, seven and nine, two steals. His numbers parallel his brothers uh, pretty well so far through a week and a half of basketball. And uh, it, it he was one of the lone bright spots in this game, at least in terms of you know, kind of competing. He had his issues out there, but he looked good. He looked fast. He looked sort of NBA ready, and now you just need to get things to start to go down. So I, I don't know that I would call it a buy low or a sell high with Lamello. He's he's His ranking at 88 in 9-cat is, is not that far off from where he was drafted in most leagues, but he does seem like a guy who could trend up. So if you wanted to go get him... And he's a rookie, so this hurts me to say it. I think you'd be okay to do so. Nothing of note on the Sixers' side. The you know they got a a, a little bit of bonus stuff from Tyrese Maxey, but nobody was listening anyway. Cleveland and Orlando—they got blown out. No Darius Garland, Dante Exum strained his calf. I believe is the final one minute. Into the ball game. That didn't take long. Jedi Osman at 18, seven and seven, but you're not buying that nonsense. Damian Dotson filling in for Garland at 16 points and little else. The Cavaliers needed ball movement in this game, which they decidedly did not get. Javale McGee turned back into a pumpkin, as expected. Colin Sexton had six turnovers, but otherwise he's been very good so far this season. Andre Drummond 10 and 14, a steal and a block. I, I don't know what the hell happened to that dude's field goal percent over the last couple of years, but it's not good anymore. And he's number 58 in 9-cat, despite averaging two steals and two blocks a ballgame. That's hard to do. He is bad in both percentages right now. And uh, I feel good about kind of dodging the the punt stuff, because you ended up with more punting than you expected. Vooch! Vooch! This dude was going at 30 in drafts. He's number 8 so far this year. Vooch is so good. He's the easiest D-bombs ever. Why this dude is going at 30? There was That was complete and total nonsense. Idiotic nonsense. Aaron Gordon, minutes trending up. 24-11 and 11 in this ballgame. I think he's, he's about ready to turn the corner. I know so far this year he has not been good. But also his minutes have not been good. Still, somehow, he's number 90. By totals. Because he's played in the game so far. Uh... Where's Vooch at? Not by totals. Vooch is at 14 on averages to this point. That's fine. Aaron Gordon at about 120 on a per game basis, but that's in 25 minutes a game. So that's trending up, and uh, things are looking good actually. If you if you drafted Aaron Gordon, the fact that he's at 120 in only 25 minutes while he's getting his wind back, this this could be a, actually finally the year that he produces a little bit of a profit. But we'll have to wait and see. There's still still time on that. Terrence Ross only 15 points in this game, but he's still got 13 shots, he's got four steals. He's trucking, man. Terrence Ross is straight trucking this year. I love it. I love it. He's number 48. He's trending down. He's not going to hang out in the top 50. But said it before, say it again. This is the year he turns a corner and he is something instead of just a late-round plotter. Knicks beat the Hawks. A lot of folks had this game pegged as a Hawks bounce back. And I had them on my list, but ultimately I cut that play because something felt weird. Weird. And the thing that felt weird is that the Knicks are just playing well right now, so you don't really want to step in front of a freight train when you got a hot team coming into town. RJ. Barrett had another big ball game that's that's a I mean that was a really big one this that that was a rehab your value kind of game because it got his percentages up. field goal percent is at 40 on the year now. free throw up to 78. He's still ranked outside the top 130, but uh, if those percentages could come around a little. It would be a very different story. He played 44 minutes in this game. Julius Randle played 43. Hello, Tom Thibodeau. Dude coaches to win, man. I guess you got to give him that. Alec Burks was upgraded to questionable and ultimately sat the game out. I bet he'll be back for their next one. Mitchell Robinson, 28 minutes, 8 and 7 with six defensive stats. And I said this on Twitter, and I will repeat it here. I think Mitchell Robinson, who's currently ranked number 52, is actually a buy low cuz he's getting 28 minutes a game. We know what he can do in 28 minutes a game. His 1.7 blocks will actually go up if these minutes hold. He'll be in the twos. So see if you can buy on Mitchell Robinson for someone just ranked kind of near him or even like 5 slots above him. I'm fine with you trying to uh and it doesn't have to be a it doesn't even have to be a sell high kind of guy. It could just be someone on your team who's playing relatively well and is ranked close to Mitchell Robinson. Maybe you can talk to that person and be like, look, I need, I need blocks and field goal percent, you need X, and just make a straight swap. Doesn't have to be a buy low, doesn't have to be a sell high. Just go get a guy that maybe we're a little higher on than other people. But I love the situation right now. Knicks are playing well, they're over 500. Mitchell Robinson looks good, looks bouncy. He's not fouling out of every ball game." Multiple steals, multiple locks are actually on the table for this dude. It's crazy. I love it. Alfred Payton, 14, 3, and 5. He did have two blocks, but no threes. Shot six out of 18 from the field. Did make his free throws, though, so that's something. I don't know how that dude. I They're better with him at the point guard. I'll say that a million times, but his fantasy game is just. Ugh. It's tough, man. It's tough. For Atlanta, they did play better than they did in their previous ballgame, but they're sort of a Trey Young story. He shot 41% of the ballgame at eight turnovers, and so they fell apart. They didn't slow down the Knicks. Knicks shot 51%. DeAndre Hunter, boy, he's been so good so far this year. I wonder what happens there when Gallo comes back. There's just a lot of squeezing that's about to go on. John Collins was good. Clint Capella was decent enough. From the fantasy stats, you'd have thought they won this game. Bogdan Bogdanovich hurt his ankle. But we've been low on him anyway, so who cares? Curse you, by the way, Julius Randle, for after deucing all over my fantasy team last year. He's been very good this season. That's a hard one. Boston got 40 out of Jason Tatum, playing their fifth game in seven days, third in four nights. Toronto is a mess, man. Toronto's an absolute positive mess. Tatum was great. Made all 13 of his free throws in this game as well. Time Lord, 11-15 with a steal and a couple of blocks. He's good anytime Tristan Thompson sits out. Peyton Pritchard, 23-8. He's good if both Jeff Teague and Marcus Smart sit out the ball game. I have no idea how Boston put up a buck 26 in this. That is absolutely embarrassing on the Raptors. Raptors are a mess. They've won one game. Freddie Van Fleet, uh, played really well, and it didn't matter. Kyle Lowry was fine. Didn't matter. Pascal Siakam was fine. Didn't matter. They're not garden people. They're not getting good shots. They shot 40% again in the ballgame. Took 38 free throws and lost. Brutal. Chris Boucher, 9-6 and six with four defensive stats, though, so that's a good sign. OG Ananobi now coming back to earth a little bit. He got off to that insane start. He's now back at number 81 on a per-game basis, and this is closer to where we thought he'd be. He's not a plotter. He's a little better than that, a little more aggressive than that, but he'll probably cruise along in that 75 range most of the year and just rack up stats. He was a very safe pick in that neck of the woods. I don't know, man. Something's got to give in this team. Norman Powell might be a drop. Played only 16 and a half minutes, one of six from the field, two of four at the free throw line. I I, I really don't know what's going on with this team, but they're, they are not themselves. Powell, you bench him if you have patience. You drop him if you don't. I did have to dump him in a spot. Hopefully that won't come back to bite me, but you, just, you can't sit on a guy who's not getting any playing time. Not when there's so many free agents bouncing around right at this moment. This next ballgame is the site of one of them. OKC lost in Miami in a blowout, so you can throw away most of what you got on the Oklahoma City side. Uh, Darius Baisley was the only Thunder player to have a good ball game. Everybody else was pretty bad. Lou Dort did have a couple of threes. Shea had 18, 2, and 4, but that's like, I mean, this is a guy who's going in the second round in some drafts. You're expecting more. George Hill, three points, two assists, and a block. It was a rough one. Horford, 2, 5, and 1. Bad game. Bad game. You put up 90 points, shoot 37%, you're probably not going to get that many fantasy stats. So throw that out. Don't make any rapid adjustments to your OKC stuff. They just got smoked by a Miami team led by the mighty Kelly Olynyk. who... And this boggled my mind, because on yesterday's podcast, we spent, what, three minutes on Olynyk saying, look, this guy's been putting up numbers off the bench... He had a 20 minute game to start the year then he got himself a DNP and then all of a sudden he started roaring 25 29 29 and we were looking at him yesterday going okay look like this guy's not going to score a ton but we know when he plays near starters minutes even big bench minutes he's a fantasy monster cuz he hits the three he scores he rebounds he assists he steals he blocks he does all the stuff. He's a roto he's a roto king. And I picked him up in a bunch of spots yesterday thinking, all right, well, we've seen this Kelly Olenek song and dance before. He gets hot for two to three weeks, then he disappears. But I'm not going to be clouded by what we know to be the case almost all the time. Because if, if there's ever the olinic click, meaning if it ever finally sticks with him and that's the one time I chose not to pick him up, I'll kick myself forever. So I picked him up everywhere, just like I always do when he starts to warm up. And then, bam-o, two hours later, we got word that he was getting inserted into the starting lineup, and he played 27 minutes in a blowout. So it actually could have been even more if this game was tighter. 19 points, 8 boards, an assist, 5 three-pointers, 7 out of 9 shooting. Unsustainable numbers there, yes, yes. But if he plays 30 minutes, he could very easily average... Six rebounds. Two and some odd assists. He's a good passer. Spreads the floor. He'll hit you threes. He gets steals and blocks. Percentages both good throughout his career. 48% from the field. 78 at the free throw line. Better as he's gotten older. Not surprisingly. 82, 86% his last two regular seasons in Miami. He's a roto monster. He's a roto monster. Look at... He's one of those guys where if you look at his season numbers, they don't jump out at you precisely because there are so many of these mixed minute total games blended in with the rest. So, like, let's let's play a little game. Let's look back at last year, and it's so, it's so flagrantly obvious. Look at—I don't want to do the bubble because the bubble is weird. Everything was weird in the bubble. Look back at the regular season last year and look in November— oddly enough, second second month of the year, where all of a sudden he trended up and he was playing, there's 30, 29, 14, ugh, 28, 25, 24, 31, 32, 24, 25, 6, 36, 27, and it was in there, and then it starts to trend back down once you get back into December. He basically turns into a punk man, uh, again after a month. But over that stretch where he was seeing minutes, you were getting a lot of, you know 13 5 and 3 with two three pointers a steal and a block kind of lines the 31 32 minute games he had a 15 and 16 with two steals and four three pointers this is a guy who when he gets minutes can produce a lot so i love it i love it i can't believe that we that we mentioned him on yesterday's show and then Immediately, he got inserted in the starting lineup and took off. Otherwise, in this game, uh, not a whole lot going on. Duncan Robinson hit some three-pointers. Tyler Hero got kind of close to a triple-double in a pure facilitator role, and uh, that's all she wrote. But Kelly Olynyk was the interesting story. Indy beat New Orleans with a wild comeback at the end of regulation and then a win in overtime, 118-116. Malcolm Brogdon has been brilliant so far this year. He's a sell-high, undoubtedly a sell-high, Victor Oladipo's been excellent. Miles Turner fouled out in 23 minutes, but still got just 17 points, two threes, a steal, and three blocks. Demontis Sabonis fouled out in 35 minutes, 19, 11, and seven with two blocks. And then the story certainly on either side in this ballgame is uh, Justin Holiday, who played 45 minutes off the bench in an overtime game, had nine, seven, and five, a steal, and a block, and three three-pointers. He has clearly won the fill-in for T.J. Warren sweepstakes, and is a must-own, must-start guy in 9-cat Roto Leagues because we know what he can do when he gets minutes, even if he doesn't need to take that many shots for it on this team. He's going to take threes. He's going to get you a handful of rebounds and assists. Not many. This was high for him. And then the steals and blocks are always going to be solid for a sort of slender wing player. Steals are always very good for him. So, absolutely. We don't know how long T.J. Warren's out. It could be a month. It could be two. Justin Holiday will get you nice stats while that's going on. I've been pretty high on Josh Hart. He played 28, uh, 28 and a half minutes in this ball game. had three points, ten boards, three assists. He's a crazy rebounding shooting guard, so I think you got to stick with it just because it's such a unique spot to get those out-of-position stats. But you'd like to see him have a usage rate higher than eight. That's all I got on that ballgame. Detroit uh, competed, sort of. It sort of backdoored this one, lost to Milwaukee by 10. Derek Rose had one of his wake-up games. Jeremy Grant's been stellar so far this year. And then the other stuff you, you probably dumped. DeLon Wright, unfortunately, is a drop. It doesn't look like he's really in the, the big-minute plans. Mason Plumlee only played 20 minutes in this game. I've got to think some of that was the competition. I'm not worried about it. He's been really good so far this year. Brooke Lopez on the other side, 30 minutes, 8 points, 7 boards, 2 blocks, 2 threes. That's more what you're looking for. Uh, Bobby Portis, of course, trending back down in a normal game, 10 points, 8 rebounds. He puts up points and boards pretty quick, but you you sort of need some other stuff, and we know throughout his career that other stuff tends to revert to the mean. Dallas got 30. This was the Tim Hardaway Jr. wake-up game. This is why you start him most nights, because – you hope to catch this one, and that counterbalances all the, the crummy ones. Luca went big, 33, 16, and 11. Uh, on the other side, Demarcus cousins got ejected in three minutes. He had four points, three boards and two blocks. And he, along with Willie Collie Stein, and or frankly just the Mavs front court, are the discussion points for this ball game. First on the boogie side. Every game, we're hoping to see his minutes trend up little by little. Maybe you play a little Christian Wood at the power forward spot. I have to believe that the plan is for Boogie to move from 11, 12 minutes, maybe more towards 17, 18. Can they get him over 20? If you drafted him, unfortunately right now, you have to stick with this ramp-up process. And this game ruined an opportunity to get some data. We're trying to collect intel on Boogie, and we got none. So, unfortunately, you just throw that one out. On the other side, we've been itching and waiting for anyone on the Mavs' front court to take a step forward. I know Christoph is due back in the next couple of weeks, but we finally got it. Willie cauley Stein inserted into the starting lineup, played 24 minutes, 15 and 7 with a steal and a block. And by the way, he can do it in 24 minutes. He doesn't need to play 30 to be a fantasy guy. Remember, he started last year in Golden State. Playing 23 minutes a game and was a, you know, it's like a top 90 big man with 8.6 boards over a steal, over a block a game. He's very good in defensive stats, has been for a long time. In fact, for stretches in Sacramento, much better at steals than blocks. But usually both. Usually both. He'll get you both. If he starts to play, 24, 25 minutes, and I don't know what they're going to do when Porzingis comes back. Was this because it was a back-to-back that Dwight Powell was on sort of semi-rest duty? Well, whatever it was, it woke him up because the Mavs had lost to uh, Chicago in their previous game. They haven't really looked awake for most of the season. Maybe this is a change that they're like, all right, this one seemed to work okay. By the way, Tim Hardaway Jr. came off the bench in this game also. That was, that was the move. Maxi Kleba into the starting lineup. Willie Cauley-Stein into the starting lineup. Dwight Powell and Tim Hardaway Jr. to the bench. We'll see if it sticks. I picked up Willie Cauley-Stein in just a couple of spots. Not everywhere because the KP thing is concerning. That's going to create more of a logjam. There's the Dwight Powell back-to-back. Maybe he plays more in the next one again. Kleba is in and out of playing decent minutes for this team there's a lot in flux with Dallas as there has been for a couple of years now but if you need a big man you might as well grab him squad on it if you find out he's starting again in the next ball game you can probably throw him into your lineup and finally Sacramento blown out by the Warriors Steph Curry 39 and 8 he's hot Kelly Oubre 18 points four threes a steal two blocks he's warmed up Draymond Green, 5-5-5 with two steals and a three-pointer. He's not doing it in stats so far, but he's doing it both on defense and on offense in a way that helps the Warriors immeasurably. And then with a guy like James Wiseman, you just have to expect there will be some bumps along the way. He's not a guy you're dropping, but yeah, there'll be bumps. Sacramento's side, they were just terrible. They were terrible. Top to bottom, they were terrible. Rashawn Holmes had early foul issues. He ended up with five fouls in 19 minutes. By Low! Cannot yell that loud enough. Buy low on Rashawn Holmes. He's one of the good things in Sacramento. They shot 38% as a team. And, you know, we, we saw all this outside stuff going on with Marvin Bagley's team demanding a trade. Darren Fox's dad, I think, chimed in to demand a trade of Bagley. That he's the problem here somehow. There are a lot of problems here. They'll get it sorted out, but this was a really ugly, ugly ball game. And I hope this is the one that sort of slaps him across the face and wakes him up. I'm inclined to believe that it is. You don't get abused like that and then not come back with a little bit of aggression the next time out. Not much there fantasy-wise, other than, again, buy low on Rashawn Holmes. Let's talk Tuesday. Let's talk tonight. Five-game slate, but an interesting one. There's stuff going on. The betting lines first. Brought to you by our friends at mybookie.ag. Sign up today for a free account... With promo code HOOPBALL, mybookie.ag is the website. Promo code HOOPBALL, and then let me know. Holler at me on Twitter, at Dan Bespris. When you sign up, I may have a prize for you. I might. We run out of them pretty quickly at the beginning of the week. Mybookie.ag. You bet you win, they pay. I told you already, I won a bunch of money on a survivor pool that I didn't know anything about. They'll have these things going. They'll have some coming up here at some point here. I'm sure there'll be another odds boost in the not-too-distant future. Those are great. NBA season, they'll have baseball coming up. You can bet on everything over there. And they pay so quickly. I didn't know what Bitcoin really was as recently as like a month ago. And uh, I signed up for an account. And you can actually make transfers with my bookie through Bitcoin. It takes like 20 minutes to Deposit. And it takes about two days to withdraw, which is crazy fast. Any of you guys that have been betting for a long time, you know how quick that is compared to the old days. The old days when you had to, like, send photocopies and do thumbprints and facial recognition software, and then it took three months for you to get a cashier's check. That was lame. This is not lame. MyBookie.ag. You bet, you win, they pay. Tonight, five-game card. Utah is in Brooklyn, Jazz favored by four and a half on the road now. This game opened with the Nets as a three-point favorite, and it has shifted dramatically, presumably on the Kevin Durant news. So, uh, you know, maybe we should have gotten down on the Jazz last night. I don't know. This was confusing. I, I, I get the feeling that there's more at play here that I'm about to find out about, but I've been scouring the news this morning, and... You no, know, I'm willing to admit that I maybe I missed something along the way. Uh but yeah, I I I would I would take the nets, catching 5 points at home if indeed the rest of the usual guys are going. If they're playing. Uh I don't believe this is a back-to-back. I think they're off before they host the 76ers in a couple of days. Yeah, they've got the 76ers on Thursday. So the fact that this line has jumped like that that that's an overshift for Kevin Durant. He's obviously very important to what the J- uh, the Nets do. But this is this falls into kind of an injured star situation where when I thought this was going to be close to a pick or even the Nets by like a 1 point favorite, I thought all right, all right that's not enough because the Jazz are playing good ball right now. But yeah, I like the Nets catching 5 points at home. That that's a that's a big number to get in your own arena when you still do have Kyrie Irving on your team. Total of 226 and a half, Uh, not not touching that one. We're going to do all the betting, we're going to go through all five games on the betting side, then we'll loop back around for fantasy on what to watch for. Lakers uh, opened as an 11-point favorite, then now a 9-point favorite in Memphis. Yeah, you know, that number coming down, I would have said I have a lean to the Grizzlies in this game, but I also watched that first game from start to finish, and Memphis just can't. If the Lakers take them even remotely seriously, the Mem- the Grizzlies won't score. And the Lakers really didn't take them all that seriously in the first meeting, and they still couldn't score. Sure, Memphis could cover. Absolutely, Lakers could even dial it back a click further. But they can cakewalk to a 10-point win over this team. And so I actually believe this line is relatively tight. I don't think there's all that much value on the Grizzlies' side. If, if we were getting like a dozen... I'd probably do it, but now that it's at 9, no thanks. The uh the total, I kind of like the over. It's it's sitting right at 218, it hasn't moved off of that number. It is roughly equal money coming in on both sides. First game ended at 202, so I would have thought maybe that game goes under based on what we saw in the first one, but the pace actually had the first game right at about 218. The Grizzlies dramatically underachieved their pace. Lakers were almost right on the number. Neither team shot the ball well, and free throws were few and far between. You give me a slight uptick on that stuff, and this thing does just ever so slightly creep up and over the mark. So I got to lean to the over and not much on the side. Wolves catching uh, initially 14. Now it's down to 10.5 in Denver, taking on the Nuggets. Timberwolves have looked as bad as any team in the NBA since Cat went down. But yet, I like them in this game. I got the, in on them last night when they were still getting a dozen. So it's, it's down from that. And I have to admit, at 10.5, it is much more terrifying than 14 or even 12. Total of two twenty-seven. My reason being, the Nuggets don't strike me as a team that's going to ratchet up the intensity after they cakewalked to a win over the Wolves two days ago. That's a team that's going to be like, all right, well, we can just outscore them. And this will be a shootout. And the Wolves will hang in there a little bit, and maybe they catch the Nuggets napping either early or some point in the middle of the game, Denver kind of takes their foot off the gas. Lean to the Wolves. No idea on the total. Clippers, 9.5 point home favorites to the Spurs. That's a lot of points to give San Antonio, but also if the Clippers are focused, yeah, I mean, they could blow them out. I don't really like this game. This total, 228 side, 9.5, I don't, I don't really like either of them. I would lean slightly to the Spurs just because they're getting a lot of points, but yeah not my not my favorite there, and the Bulls getting ten in Portland. I like Chicago in this one Portland coming home off for a four game road trip. Bulls are quietly playing decent basketball. blazers aren't guarding anyone, which makes it very hard to cover a big number when you have to put up like a hundred and thirty to cover that big number and they could do it, make no mistake total two thirty one and a half so they're expecting a pretty high scoring game. But uh, the Bulls have shown lately that they can put up some points as well. And I think even if the Blazers do ultimately win this game, it feels like more of a 6-7 point final as opposed to 10 or 11 or more. Basically, I don't see a blowout. So yeah, you could see them losing by a dozen. But, you know, when you're getting double-digit points, the thing that kills you is a blowout. When your team gets down by 20, you're thinking, all right, now we're, we're way out of the money. It's going to take a significant jump. And I just... I don't see that happening. This is the start of a road trip for Chicago. Opportunity to sort of bring the team together. Go get some road wins. And uh, this is a spot. It's a winnable game for them. On the fantasy side, from the whole list, with the Nets, you know, you got all these guys that are going to be filling in for Kevin Durant. We've talked about Jeff Green on Twitter as kind of a deep league option. I think you're just going to see a lot of Kyrie, Karis LeVert, and a little bit more Joe Harris this week. Not sure that this is the, the greatest moment for them. Jazz are decent defensively but you're gonna get some pretty good numbers out of those dudes lakers grizzlies brandon clark can he keep taking these small steps forward he's starting to get closer to what you'd expect from him over the course of the year for the grizzlies does De'Anthony melton finally get into a ball game that would be nice to see because he's a guy we want to see succeed the wolves and the nuggets Ricky Rubio, that's a guy to watch. Will Barton, his minutes, that's something to watch. Michael Green, that's a guy to watch in that ball game. I might tell you to watch that one. That may be the homework game. Wolves Nuggets, that's your homework. Spurs Clippers, not much going on there fantasy-wise, and then Bulls and Blazers. Nurk, how long does the by-low window stay open? It's hanging in there right now, but he's he's got a good one coming soon, at which point, whammo, that door's going to slam quick. And that's part of what we're doing on social media right now, actually. uh, By the way, watch Roco in that game also. But on social media, we're trying to figure out what's it going to take to get some of these guys, some of these buy lows. What is it really going to take? Not just lob stuff out there. We want it to be directed. Because if you make a bad trade offer, that might just be the end of it. Sometimes you only get that one shot at it. So follow me on Twitter, at Dan Bespris. Let's figure out what it's going to take to make these trades that we always talk about on the podcast. And with that, we're going to go ahead and put a pin in things. By the way, I mentioned it yesterday. Uh, spot open. We always have spots open on the blurb side, I should mention, because even when our calendar gets full, there's room for trainings and backups and stuff like that, trainee-type things. Uh, we do have one opening on the DFS side. Hit me up if you're interested in coming and being a contributor here at Hoopball. Dan Vespers on Twitter. Email teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Folks, have a wonderful Tuesday. Thanks so much for listening. As always, if you're enjoying the pod, please, I beg of you, drop a five-star review on that bad boy, and we'll be back at you first thing Wednesday morning. Toodaloo.